0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. Joe Ingalls is going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock. We've got, uh, got a chance for you to go to Facebook at DJ and PK or to Twitter, David DJ James. Questions for Joe Ingalls? Leave your questions there on Twitter at David DJ James or DJ and PK, and we'll hit Joe up with, uh, with some of your questions. PK, we continue to get a lot of reaction to the uh, Devin Cafusi transferring from BYU to Utah story. Story And Tyson says, Whittingham will not stop until he has completely dismantled his alma mater. He must hate those calls asking for money donations to the school.
1: Now, <laughs> well, I got rid of those because I got rid of my landline. They can't track your cell phone? They or they haven't yet anyway? I don't think so. Or, but maybe they have, but I don't think so, because if I have all the numbers programmed in, and as most people do, and if I don't recognize the number, if it says unknown number or potential spam, I don't answer it. Right. But, yeah, there was a time there uh, with the landline, I swear, it was like three times a week that they they would call you. And I kept telling them, "You go to the Rose Bowl again, and I'll give you the ten bucks, like I did in '86 and '96." Had a kid, significant donation. Yeah, I, I,
0: I don't know. Uh, I don't know how hard UCSB is working at this, or if my uh, a couple of quick moves in the early '90s. But I lost them in the early '90s. I haven't heard from them for decades. So, and you have a landline? I'm skating. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I certainly had one in the '90s when they lost me. Yeah. One day there'll be a building that has Sniggledorf's name on it. <laughs> it seems unlikely. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 the zone. Time to bring in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. Bowler, good morning. Hey, guys, how are you? We're doing well. We're doing well. How are you?
2: Hey, I'm good. Hey, hey, just uh, congratulations again. Uh, I didn't realize until I read your tweet, 18 years together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're Hawkeye and Trapper, man. You're Robin. You're, you're Batman and Robin.
0: Yeah, Hawkeye and Trapper didn't they only do like two two or three seasons of mash together? I don't think we're Hawkeye. Yeah, but and when Trapper. you think
2: of them though, when you think of them though, you only think of them as together as one. You know, DJPK. I mean, it's just kind of the same. It comes just the same
0: friendship. How many seasons did Stockton and Malone play together? Was it nineteen? Yeah. Yeah.
2: You got one more to go. <laughs> <laughs> And PK gets traded to the Lakers, or, or, or decides to, to Free sign agent. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Free agent. I'd okay, bet, that's that's quite a run, you guys. Congratulations.
0: I'd bet on Phoenix more than LA for PK.
2: Phoenix? Yeah, yeah. I would too. I would yeah. too. Yes. The sun
1: Devil. I think we're, I think we're more of uh, Norman Cliff from Cheers. Ah. <laughs> I like that. That's
2: a good okay,
0: one. Okay, but see, here's the thing is he gives me the worst traits of both guys. <laughs> I got I got the trivia from Cliff Clavin, but I'm a big dude like Norm. My Norm. You either got to be the annoying trivia guy or you got to be the okay. big guy.
2: Well, if you're Batman or Robin, you're both, you know, kind of like you're dressed in some interesting clothes, so... <laughs> you know but, but you're superheroes so take your pick
1: yeah maybe on the costumes 20 years ago but not now <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: all right, Bowler, you've, uh, you've been doing some classic jazz games and all that. Uh, explain to people, because we do this feature, and we'll get to you in a second, you know, what did you watch last night? Because normally yeah. we watch whatever the big game was. We watch a jazz game. We watch a, a big NBA game on TNT or ESPN. Uh, you know, it's Utes Cougars jazz. It's pretty predictable. It's really different now, obviously. But I know there's still some jazz games out there, and some people probably aren't up to speed on this. So explain when they're on and what you do with them and how it works.
2: Well, we've got uh, we j- our, our ninth game that we just completed was the bogey game winner against the Bucks this year. It was uh, November 8th, and uh, kind of recapping, reliving uh, Bogdanovich's big game that night. And I thought it was the one that kind of really – it was early in the season and gave, I think, all of us a feel for what bogey was going to bring to the Jazz as a compliment to Donovan as a scorer. Uh, what's coming up next, we've got a couple more on the schedule, and I'm I'm hoping more to come as we continue on through this journey together. But uh, we'll recap uh, coming up on Saturday night uh, the win this year. Also, just a few months back, um, Rudy's block that was a bit controversial against Dallas, and then we'll uh, wrap up this uh, first round of games with another Bogdanovich winner uh, against Houston back in February. So uh, it's been kind of fun. Thurl and I, uh, we've had other broadcast members join us, Mike Smith, David Locke, Kristen Kenny, Alema, um, and Matt was there for one stop. And so it's kind of interesting to get everybody's perspective on how they saw the game and also just updating uh, how everybody is kind of getting through this this stay home, stay safe uh, situation that we're all in together. But I'm just glad we're showing some jazz basketball and reliving, reliving some some fun moments. Uh, even Donovan Mitchell's uh, career game, uh, 46. Uh, so it's 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 been fun. A couple of rookie games for Donovan during the early parts of the of the jazz playback, but it's good. It's fun. Uh, Facebook. You'll see the uh, the replay or the uh, the pregame, as we call it, and then AT&T SportsNet uh, at seven o'clock will uh, replay those games on certain nights.
1: So we can recall those Bogdanovich game winners. They were both exciting. You know, one was great, and the other one was even greater down in Houston. And so you look at what this team needed, and one of the things it needed was a big, bigger man who could shoot. And certainly, he's provided that. And you know, you're constantly, always building your roster. It's never a finished product, and if it is, it's for a short time, and then you got to do it again. In the case of the Warriors, well. Looking at the Jazz with Bogdanovich and how he's been, his skill set was much needed. Do you still think, as they continue to build this, they need another big man who can shoot?
2: Yeah, I think you make a great point that it's always uh, it's always a fluid situation with any team in the NBA. What other piece? What other player will take us to not only you know to the next level? That next level, obviously, for every team is different. You know, than some. I mean, but the ultimate goal is to win an NBA championship. So you, you break it down and you look at the pieces that you need. And yeah, I think that'd be another another piece uh, that uh, can rebound, it can do some post up play at times, and then also uh, with step back, you know, uh, ability too. You know, where do you find those players? Or you know, it's they're they're far and few between, but. It's also PK, I think, you know, what particular player could fit in, you know, the Quinn Snyder system as well. And the Jazz have obviously decided to be a three-point shooting club and playing at the rim. So uh, the big or the the backup guy or whoever would play multiple positions, potentially a three, four, or five, uh, yeah, would have to have some ability to play at the rim as well. So, you know, that's a big, tall order to fill. But, you know, the Jazz are in the constant look uh looking around the league trying to find what works and what wouldn't. Jordan Clarkson obviously, you know thinking of what works, uh, picking him up in that trade for Dante from the Cavaliers, they dropped him in and just he went off and running in his in his role and that's that doesn't happen all that often. So uh, that was a home run in that regard of just finding a player that felt comfortable in the system. So I still think system plays a, a big part in that decision on who uh who actually would would fit and sometimes they do sometimes they don't and the jazz have had to make some tough decisions this year based on on that uh, basically not playing at Davis and and releasing uh, Jeff Green but sometimes you take chances doesn't work other times you hit a home run like in Jordan Clarkson and I'm sure the jazz are always our, our, on the lookout exactly for that that next piece
0: So I think a couple things. One, uh, yes, everybody wants guys who can shoot, especially guys who have size and can shoot. Right. But in addition to that, and I think that hunt just goes on and that doesn't change. But I'm curious, the game keeps reinventing itself. And, you know, is there a place if down the line there's someone who has a skill set who's kind of like Shaq or kind of like Kareem, uh, there was a point in both of their careers where they were unstoppable. And so does someone come along like that? I mean, the the we know what the game is like now, but we know the game doesn't stay the same. Now, you got to factor in rules changes change the game sometimes, too, whether it's a three-point shot or it's getting rid of the uh, allowing zone defense and getting rid of that illegal defense rule. So those changes impact it, but sort of the skill level of the best players, what kind of player could change the way the game is being played now just because of their outrageous talent.
2: Well, it could be Zion if he stays healthy. I thought at one time it may be Yao Ming, um, you know, but he got hurt, and so did Zion early. I mean, you have to have some luck to survive uh, in, this, in any professional sports. Uh, knees, um, you know, I think of Brandon Roy and uh, Derek Rose, uh there's you know, guys who were so highly touted and highly skilled but uh, injuries injury step in and, and slow them down or knock them out of the league. You know, there's a few guys as you as all of us know come in and change the face of this game. And I'm just wondering out loud what you guys think. I wonder if the league is before us changing because of the three point line and the fact is it going smaller? And what I mean by that is I see more and more teams that seem to put, you know, the guard line in, you know, the 6'3", six, 6'5", six, but there's a lot of six eight, six nine guys with incredible athleticism uh, that can run the floor, uh, that can finish, and also hit the three. And it seems to me speed also is becoming more evident in the NBA as well. So athletic, a little smaller. Perhaps it's as you said, DJ. It's changing, and it'll change back one day. There'll be a guy uh, that's going to be able to dominate, uh, you know, with size. Dirk changed the game at seven as a seven footer because he had outside that outside shot, and obviously Giannis has changed the game. Shaq changed it with power. Giannis has done it with with finesse and incredible athleticism uh, but the rest of the league is kind of looking at the three ball uh, a lot and some play at the rim obviously that's what the jazz with Rudy do uh but it's it really is fascinating to watch and it does and it changes quick much quicker than i than i expected it's been a couple of 3 years and we've seen a i think a, a really big change in how the league is uh, is going right now
1: Yeah, when DJ asked that question, it's funny because I was thinking, well, that's what Zion is, and you went right to him in your immediate response. So my line of thinking is those types of players growing up will end up being able to be versatile and step back. It's like the point guard now. I brought up this uh, theory a couple of days ago. I I don't think a player like a Jacques Vaughn – would exist as a first round draft choice now because he wasn't known as a shooter, and maybe even Rubio. Right. Because in order to play that position, you have to be able to shoot now. And if you can't play that, if you can't shoot, then you're not going to play that position. You just can't be someone who comes up and dribbles and passes. And, You know, Stockton did it so well, but we know full well that he could shoot. And if he played today, my guess is that he would have fewer assists, but he'd have way more points because he would be required, and obviously he was capable enough to make the shot. So the big man, yeah, it may not be the traditional big man that we saw in uh, Moses Malone, Olajuwon, whoever you want to go down and name, and But that player will exist because he'll be able to step out sort of like a Brook Lopez did in yeah. his earlier part of his NBA career. He wasn't taking threes at all. And then the three-pointer developed into an, a, a must-have yeah. weapon right as he was in the middle of his career. So what did he do? He adapted. So I think going forward we'll be seeing these types of players be able to step out. So that's where the big man will function, being able to all be down low but also being able to step out.
2: Yeah, totally agree. And what happens, too, is, is as younger players grow uh, and play in the AAU system and into college for their one short year, most of them, you're right, because what they're watching now is how they see their stars, their favorite players play. And they'll adapt their games, and the coaches also will see what the league needs. And those t- those players who actually have the ability to step outside are going to obviously rise at the top, and again jump into college for a year, and then jump into the NBA or uh, go overseas, however it works out. But you're right; it's a, it's a constant uh, moving, you know, kind of a moving piece, and. You're right about Stockton, too. I, I remember the day was, we got to get a playmaker in here. That was kind of the you know, the, the, the phrase of the day. Uh, we got to have a playmaker and deliver the ball to the right guys. But I think everybody now in the league has got to be a playmaker themselves. Look at Joe Ingles. I mean, he's a playmaker, but a three-point shooter as well. And, and Stockton, you're right. I, I really think he is – I'm not trying to – just because he played for the Jazz, but Stockton was a real special player. He would have adapted because he did have – the ability to hit the big shot, and he had good three-point range. The assist, absolutely, PK, would be down, but his scoring would be up because that's just the role he'd have to take running the show. And he probably would would be another first-round pick, maybe even higher, uh, if he showed that, that ability uh, during his days at Gonzaga. So really an intriguing conversation, but again, the word is it's, the evolution of basketball is right before us, and uh, we're watching it. And it's interesting to see how it's going to continue on. Uh, is it really going to go small ball? Does the three continue to dominate? Or does another guy like a Zion, even bigger, come in and dominate the game with power inside and out?
0: Got to be able to move, no matter how big you are. You got to be able to move because they will yeah, put speed, you in pick yeah, and Yeah, you got to be
2: agile. Feet, yeah. feet, everything, yeah. All
0: right, Bowler, we got to run. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in.
2: Guys, good to hear from you. Congrats again on the anniversary. Uh, you know, stay together. I know you guys bicker at times, but it'll work out.
0: I promise. <laughs> Thank you, Buller. All right, guys. <laughs> All see you right. soon. Okay. Uh, there's Craig Bullerjack.